0: Welcome to Second Win with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. I love that we have got we've almost gotten halfway through the year. We've gone through a time that we do not remember ever experiencing before. And there's been a lot of firsts with COVID-19. It has really thrown the world into chaos at times, into um fear, doubt. Uh, really scary times you know that we've all experienced yeah. together i kind of i wanted to share with you kind of where we are today in texas for all you people all, all over the world listening um, in texas we have we are fully open um with Some limitations requested by our governor, Greg Abbott. And so anyway, we are one of approximately, according to the count on on the map that I have on the Internet, we are one of 13 states that are now totally open. Um, And so that means that we've been asked in most of those states to continue wearing masks to Hand wash or wear gloves, which I choose to wear gloves, but I also do some hand washing. Then also keep the distancing of six feet. It's hard to understand how all of those would be met with some conditions of these openings in some of the locations. But I, what I do see as I just get out and wander around my town. Now, I have chosen not to totally go back to being fully open. Um, I am an older citizen, and so I'm taking that very cautiously. And so, but I do wear the masks. And the thing that I do see is that about 50% of the people are wearing masks here. One of the, and so that would lead us sort of to think well, do I want to wear a mask? Do I not want to wear a mask? I may be the only one wearing the mask. And it's to the point that I encourage everyone listening that they have to be their own guide as to whether they follow the guidelines or not. Uh, you have to take into account uh, your life. Your life may not be like somebody's right next to you that is not wearing a mask. You must take into account your life, your conditions, the people you interact with, and how you want to be responsible going forward. I went out the other night to pick up food, which I don't, I do a lot of cooking myself, and I, so I've only been visiting the grocery store, and I noticed in that I was surprised, one that they'd opened their restaurant, since I really wasn't on top of that. But I was surprised at the number of people that didn't come in with masks on, and so I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a real need for us to be our own monitors as the as the country heals. So. That's my only comment about this new transition of opening our world is that we must take on responsibility for ourselves, not be swayed by the person that's standing next to us. So anyway, that is my share about the COVID-19 in Texas. Now, we have a fabulous guest this morning. I'm so excited that she is with us because she holds so much knowledge. Her name is Beth Battalino, and she is an RN, CEO of Women's Health Expert. Uh, she is a Women's Health Expert, and she is the CEO of womenshealth.com. Um, it's not .com. Healthywomen.org. Oh, Healthy w- w- Sorry, I reversed those names there. Um, <laughs> healthywomen.org. Now, Beth has worked in healthcare industry for more than 25 years, helping to define and drive public education programs mm-hmm. on a broad range of women's health issues. She launched and has expanded the Healthy Women Dot .org brand and is responsible for the business development and strategy positioning of the organization. Healthy Women now connects to a millions of women across the country and the world through its wide program distribution and innovative use of technology. She is a practicing nurse. She has been on the front line in COVID. Nineteen, And she is in the Maternal Child Care at Riverview Medical Center, Hackensack Meridian Health in Red Bank, New Jersey. Whoa, that was a mouthful. In addition to her nursing degree, Beth holds degrees in political science, business, and public administration from Marymount University. Now, on the other side of Beth, as we all know, we have another side. She loves to run and compete in road races. She enjoys skiing and sailing with her husband and son, seven-year-old son. She loves welcoming new babies into the world. Welcome, Beth! We're so glad (laughs) to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. I'm delighted. I got from that that you are very active. You are an active woman and you do keep that your, your health in good check because of that. You know, what?
2: I do, I do, um, because it helps the whole thing with running, um, is that before COVID, I traveled a lot. And so it's one thing that I could always get in and, you know, a pair of sneakers does not weigh a lot of, a lot in the, in the suitcase. So there's no excuse not to. To pack them, and um, it's just a big stress reliever for me. And uh, the group of women that I run with um, when I'm home, we say runners make us better moms because it just it's a big stress relief for us. And so after we're done with our run, we just feel so much better.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. it's good to have. I, I think it's great that you had the running group to experience because that's really good bonding with other women, I think, and that's important as well. So yeah, we say any- we're,
2: it's our thera- it's our therapy group.
1: <laughs> I get that. Yep. I get that. Now this Healthy uh, Women's Organization, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, sure. it, it's so wonderful that we have this type of support and fairly new to me to learn about it. So tell us more about the mission and who it serves. And Absolutely. Absolutely. So healthywomen.org, as you,
2: you know, stated during the opening of the show, we've been in existence since 1988, so we've been around for quite a long time, and we were the first um, organization to address all women's health and wellness issues, and the the most important thing, I think, for your audience to understand about Healthy Women and HealthyWomen.org is that we provide medically vetted information, so it's information that your audience can trust. It's reviewed by a medical advisory board, and we provide great resources for women um, to to go to, so if they're diagnosed or are diagnosed with a condition, or um, they just want to find out more information, whether it's about their annual women's wellness visit or about you know osteoporosis um, and how they can prevent it, they can log on to our. Um, our site, healthywomen.org, and find great information, tools, and resources that will educate them and help them with that conversation with their healthcare provider. And we were established um, as part of Columbia Hospital for Women back in 1988, and it was the vision Uh of a female obstetrician and gynecologist, Dr. Violet Bowen-Hugh, who came from a very poor Uh, Family, And she was the first one to go to to finish high school, let alone college. And her mission was to create um, an organization so that all women had access to quality health information and that they could understand and um, really demand to know what treatments are available um, and, more importantly, what treatment options would be best for them. Um, you know, based on their family history and based on where they are. So it was really her vision. And at that time, we were a a toll-free number and we printed a newsletter. So, you know, fast forward, the internet comes up. And so we (laughs) were the first organization to take all this great information that we had and create the first online source for all women's health. We beat the Office of Women's Health. We beat WebMD. We were the first Go-to site for women's health and wellness information, and we continue growing it. So right out of college, um, mm-hmm. in 1991, I basically started with Healthy Women, and I've continued my career with Healthy Women. Um, the hospital since has closed since um, I, you know, the organization started, but I uh, we were able to pull away the business and keep it going. So in 1997, Healthy Women um, we we were no longer affiliated with the hospital, and we opened at the organization, um there are three of us and we were working from home, so go figure now COVID nineteen, everyone's working from home. We started yes. the organization from our home and now we've continued to be the leading site for women's
1: health and wellness information. So it's been a great career. <laughs> you are a trendsetter. You were doing <laughs> at home uh way remote. before, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm amazed. This was a
2: breeze for you, wasn't it? You know, that's that's a really important point. It has been. Um, So for so many other companies and businesses, they really had to push the pause button for a second and kind of figure out, how do I work? You know, how do I do this? How do we transfer from offices to our home environment? And for all of us at Healthy Women, it's like business is normal. You know, so we we were able to continue doing our day-to-day while thinking up new ideas and new opportunities. Um, for, for some of the people, some of the partners that we're working with. So it's, it hasn't been a huge transition. It's certainly been a bump now that, um, most of us have kids in their home. So trying to mm-hmm. juggle, you know, the kids that and, and the work from home has been, and, and the husbands too. looked at them in yes. there. Um, it's been interesting, but yeah, it hasn't really affected our day to day because, um, we've been used to it and we, uh, you're right. Like we were trendsetters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. for the, the listening audience, I want just, just, uh, to just tell the different areas that you do address. You have um, highlighted or sections on your pe- webpage that address pregnancy and parenting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sex and yep. relationship, right. healthy living, mm-hmm. healthy Correct. aging, right. disease and conditions. Right. Then you have policy and events. Mm-hmm. So right. all of those are wonderful. They're topics that I can. They're just absolutely. How did you come up with all those topics? I mean, you I don't, can get the parenting, the sex. I can get the. But you really broke it down into addressing healthy aging, right? And why did you feel that was so important? Well, it's important because
2: our audience, our demographics, are women thirty-five to sixty-four, and we've seen such a huge change in how healthcare. When I first started with Healthy Women in the you know early nineties, um, how healthcare and women were presented to how it's presented now. There's been a huge mm-hmm. change because in the late eighties and early nineties, it was very disease-focused. So everything was focused on disease, whether it was breast cancer ovarian cancer, heart disease, osteoporosis, very disease um, specific, and not really information on how to live with, right? So mm-hmm. if you have um, a condition today and how how it was being treated, right? So things have changed, thank goodness, right Women are mm-hmm. now in clinical yeah. trials. We're seeing um, we're seeing information and resources that are available to give women, additional options in living with certain conditions. So it was very important for healthy women to, to evolve as, as mm. medications, as clinical trials, and as, and how we're managing our day-to-day life. Uh, it was very important to pull in that living well and healthy aging piece of it. And so what we've done is, you know, as you mentioned, we still have the disease day and that deep dive information But more Mm -hmm. importantly, now we can pull in how to live well because women want, women are living, we know women live longer than men. Um, There are new treatment options that give women that were diagnosed with a chronic condition 15 years ago um, new opportunities to live well with that chronic condition. And now we can have those women sharing their stories, whether they're, you know, and some of the hurdles but how they're living well with their conditions and the, the importance of diet and nutrition and preventative screening, which are covered under the Affordable Care Act, which is why we pulled in policy, because we we decided that there's no better time now than to make sure that women who want to understand how policy affects their health should have mm-hmm. that. And so while they're at HealthyWomen.org, they can learn about the importance of their annual women's wellness visit, the importance of getting those preventative screenings because we know preventative screenings save lives and mm-hmm. more importantly they can understand how policy if they choose to affect some of those screenings and or the therapies that they need whether it's prescription, physical therapy, massage therapy, whatever it is. how policy the policy piece of it um whether it's covering their insurance or access to medication, affects them. And if they choose to decide to write to their, you know, they want to take action, then we provide that information too. So it's really a one-stop shop for women's health and wellness information. And the wellness, we can't stress that enough because now it's not just disease. Women want to age well, and we're
1: giving them the information and resources to do just that. Yeah, I want to uh, sort of throw this out at you. I experienced breast cancer several years ago. And at that time, I made several decisions about my body, how I wanted to go through the disease. I was very fortunate. It was not advanced. It was so baby. It was so early. It was still in sack. You know, it was tiny, tiny. You could hardly say it was cancer. It just kind of skimmed under there. So I was very fortunate, but there were so many decisions that came up that I, I had to address as to how I wanted my body to be treated. And is there is there anything in your in your programs that address some of those issues? There is, and and what we do is
2: make sure that. You know, we provide the information on all options, but more importantly, the questions that you need to ask, because that's where we find that you know sometimes is the biggest um, could be the 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 hardest thing to over you know to to do is when you're in that when you're meeting with your your physician or your team of healthcare providers understanding what questions you you should be asking you know for many of us the importance of bringing a friend or a family member to that visit so they can write down and help you have that conversation because it's first of all you know hearing the word in your case cancer you're just like oh my goodness right like that just knocks Uh the wind out of you but being Uh able to make sure that during those visits you're asking questions that can help you understand the path that you need to go down and asking mm-hmm. the right questions to make sure that you understand all the options, not just the options your healthcare provider might be telling you, but like, are you a candidate, for instance, for a clinical trial? Is your healthcare <laughs> provider offering clinical trial or, or is, do they have a connection of, you know, another um, physician or hospital system that is doing a clinical trial and can they help you? You know, it's just those type uh, of questions that yes. are so important and making sure that women have the information and the resources to make sure that they're making the educated decision about their health. So we, Mm -hmm. you know, we provide, and it may be providing, you know, for us it's not always the patient. It may be her sister, her aunt, or her mom that's on our site, but it's her daughter or her niece that's undergoing, you know, that's been diagnosed. So they're finding and collecting the information so that they can help that other person navigate the healthcare system because we all need, you know, Someone to hold our hands when we hear, when we hear the word cancer or, you know, any type of disease. It's just, it's just helpful and, um, making sure again that you have the right resources in place to help make an educated decision about your health is so important. And it sounds like you did, which is
1: great. Yeah. Uh, well, it, you know, it's, um, so many women are faced with cancer. <laughs> it's huge. Right. Uh, That's right. And so it really is, there's much more than just attacking the disease. It, there are many decisions. And sometimes we have a support family. And sometimes the family, unless they are our age, would have trouble answering some of these questions. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I no, certainly think not. it's our decision. Yeah. You know, so. Right. Anyway, it it was very interesting. Um All's good that in, you know. I did my do, and
2: I'm no, and You were lucky, right? Like you said, they caught it very I early. I so, lucky. so I'm, I'm thinking that you had your mammogram, and they were able to see it. And it's just really important for women to understand that, you know, their mammograms are important and that these mm-hmm. are covered right now under the Affordable Care Act. So right. whether, you know, you're underinsured or um, you have insurance, or you don't, you you have this, this is covered, and that there should be no excuses for not getting your preventative screening done.
0: Right.
1: Oh, yes. Very important. Very important. Very important. Oh, yes. Now, we were going to spend a little time today on how COVID-19 has really changed yeah. the lives of women. And what that means is stress, there's more stress. More stress, more stress. <laughs> yes, That's right. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So how has the uh, family been affected? Um, in your situation, of course, it's all different. I live alone, yeah. so I had to deal with yeah. loneliness. You live with family members, so you had to deal with it in a different way. So explain yeah. that to how you and the woman with the family living with other people would be stressed over this Unusual. Well, I think,
2: you know, this, is, I think we're, it's so funny to listen to ever, you know, the stories when we do see each other or just the, you know, text and the emails that we're getting. So now it's, um, you know, this, this whole, you know, now the new buzzword is this new norm, right? So you hear yes. the new norm and <laughs> it's, um, you know, so you're trying to work. And so for me, it's, you know, over 40 hours a week that I put in as, as this, as any CEO of a, a company, um, does, right? But it's now, not only managing um, working, but it's also managing homeschooling. And for many of us, that's been a huge hurdle <laughs> oh, for imagine. us. Um, because, and the teachers, you know, so many of these teachers, they're not, their background is not in technology, right? So they're trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to implement, you know, these online classes and keep the kids, you know, on on par and, and somewhat, some type of schedule and routine that they were used to in school. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to some of the parents that have special needs children because those classes, you know, trying to to deal with those type of classes and, and, and what they were getting in school versus home is completely different. So everyone has their own, you know, their own stress. But for me personally, it's been um, trying to set up calls, manage the homeschooling because it's not just putting them in front of the computer. A lot of times you have to be there with them going through the plans and listening in and making sure that they're getting all the work done and done correctly. And then, um, you know, most of the homeschooling does not take you through three o'clock in the afternoon. They're usually done right after lunch. So then how do you keep them active, you know, while you're still working? You know, so that's that's been hard. And then, um, For many of us, we're, we're laughing, but also not laughing like funny. It's just stressful laugh where, you know, many of our husbands are like, okay, I've got to work. And they're going into the mm-hmm. home office, closing the door. And, um, you know, they're in there from 830 in the morning till, you know, 530 at night when it's time for dinner. And we're like, that's not happening either. Like, <laughs> you can't just go in and do your job and expect me to do my job and, you know, take care of the kids and the the whole homeschooling. So it's, it's you know, pushing new, it's pushing new, it's making new boundaries, right? Uh, People Mm -hmm. are having the conversation and trying to figure out how can we work together as a team to make this work for our family. Um, And so I wish I could say I have the perfect formula. I certainly do not. And Mm -hmm. I'm taking it day by day. Um, And as is my team, because most of my team members are um, moms and we have young Mm -hmm. ones and, uh, And it's just, you know, doing our best to make sure we have support in place for each other, too. So, you know, even as you think about working from home, you know, working with your colleagues to make sure that you can – you're each supporting each other because no – it's an important time to make sure that you have that. And then knowing enough to turn off the computer. And for me, I do need to shut down earlier. I'll log back on later at night, but – I feel like I need to be off the computer by three o'clock, three thirty at the latest and spend some time, whether it's, you know, throwing some baskets in the backyard um, or going for a bike ride or, you know, just something with, with my son to give him Mm. some attention because it just, you, you could just tell that by that time they just need someone, you know, an adult to help them with a game or whatever it is. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's been important. And it's, you know, everyone's in, you know, everyone's different, but I, I, find that that's working out much better for me than trying to extend my work day until like six o'clock and then, you know, do the playtime. It's, I need to shut down earlier and spend some quality time and then I can go back mm-hmm. later on and finish up if I need to.
1: Well, I think homeschooling has been really, they've learned a lot. As you say, the teachers were not as skilled in that, that practice right. of teaching. Um, right. And certainly they were learning. Then there's also the fact that I think the attention span is different when you're learning over the internet. And so there was another thing they have to deal with. So I'm really anxious to see and then there is that child that doesn't have that support that you could give right. your child. And sure. I'm really anxious to see the schooling to go back into the classroom.
2: <laughs> it's gonna because, be difficult. And it's, it's you, yeah. you brought up a lot of really good points and it's been interesting because I've been doing a lot of listening too and I've got um I have two sisters. One is a principal and one is a, is a teacher. So I'm listening to some of the, mm-hmm. you know, the struggles that they're going through. Um, you know, as you said, not all families have access to Wi-Fi. Yeah. So what happens to those children? And it's not like they can go to the library and hop on a computer there. And just getting the proper equipment to some of these students was interesting, you know, to hear. And how are you going to grade them? And what's going to happen next year? Is it going to be everyone going back to school or the school is going to be closed in September? You know, so there's still a lot of questions and we don't have the Mm -hmm. answers. But here's what I can tell you. I feel like women are extremely, we're resilient. We're very powerful. We're not afraid to ask questions, and I um, I am so proud to hear and see um, what how many you know success stories. I always I'm very optimistic, so I I love to see and hear the the positiveness that right. has come through this pandemic. Um, yeah, and I, I Beth. I'm like going to stop, Beth, I'm going to stop here okay.
1: so we can go to commercial. Um, it was hard to find a place because it was all such good stuff. But oh, good. No When worries. we come back, <clears throat> there are other areas we'd we'll be talking about that have okay. been affected by COVID nineteen. So stay with us.
0: Motivational speaker and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking
1: with Beck. Beth Bellino Bethelino. Oh dear Bethy. Um, the CEO of Healthy Women and she is sharing with us how COVID nineteen has affected um women and family interacting with their responsibilities in the family. So now we'd we'd like to address, we could go on talking about that. There's so much schooling, everything that has affected home life. But now there's another important area that we need to discuss, and that is how it's affected our relationships a very important part of our lives. So Beth, tell us about how that quarantine has, oh, taken a toll on relationships.
0: <laughs> well, I
2: think, yeah, you know, I think everyone can share their stories and I, you know, I look at, you know, for my mom who lives, you know, by herself and I'm so grateful that my two sisters are right near her because that's been hard for, you know, people that are, um, you know, in their, their 60s, 70s, and 80s, this whole social social isolation has been very tough. And um, especially in the beginning when we were so nervous about um, even, you know, bringing the groceries in and wiping everything down. And um, it, it's been just put on, and, and especially for people that are active like yourself, um, Joyce, you know, you're so independent and used to doing things. Um, having this kind of shutdown was very, very scary. So it's that, you know, social isolation that's been, Unnerving and then for people with families, you know, it's coming up with, um, kind of a new routine and how do we keep the kids active and involved and, um, and, you know, ourselves too. Um, so it's just been, it's been very interesting. And as a nurse, so I'm a practicing nurse, um, and it, it, that did not slow down. Actually, that picked up. Um, normally I'm, I, I do two shifts a month. Um, and so I was putting in, you know, four to six shifts um, covering um, to make sure that wow. our floor was covered. Um So, I, honestly, I was looking forward to that because, um, you know, number one, you make a difference, but number two, it's just seeing people um, and talking to them and making sure that you feel like you're not crazy. You know, like this mm-hmm. whole thing that mm-hmm. you're not going crazy. And we were joking in the nursery. The other day, that um, normally when we see snowstorms, you know, um, over a weekend or whatever, we always laugh and say, "Okay, we're going to see an increase of in babies nine months later." <laughs> and this one, we were just like, "We're not going to see an increase of in babies. It's going to be an increase of in divorces because this is just way too much family time for everyone." Um, so I think it is, you know. And I, I just think, um, you know, people are have done a great job, and I want to applaud all those people that have protected, you know, the healthcare workers, um, by staying Mm. home and, and using the appropriate protocol, um, with their masks and, um, their gloves and and really taking this serious. Um, so thank you to all of you that do that. Um, and then I think, you know, as we reenter, um, or that whole welcome back, we're going to do it smart and, um, Mm. safe and, um, you know, we're, we'll just see. We'll take it step by step and listen to you know the governors and and the healthcare uh, professionals that are providing um, that guidance to us and, mm-hmm. and how we're going to go back. And I don't think it, we're going to go back to normal, um, you know, right off. But I think eventually we will get there.
1: Yes. Yeah, even our normal will be a little different, but it'll be yeah. Yeah. more of a everyday routine, which was certainly missing during this. Um, yeah, I was watching yesterday, uh, about the rise in divorces. And this was from a, a New York city, New York city lawyer attorney. And she had been interviewed by one of the news medias and they were talking, she was talking about how her caseload was really heavy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as life gets back to normal, we might really kind of like those people once they get out of the house, right? So we could go yeah. back to the normal. Go back to so, the normal, yeah. Yeah. But I do want to ask you about, because there's so such a rare time that we get to talk to somebody that was really on the front lines, as you mm-hmm. were. How do you face that? fear that I would have just in being thrust into the disease itself, the the virus?
2: Yeah, I I think about it every day um, because I don't think, and it's, it, you know, no one understands, you know, if you listen and we're all listening to the news, everything changes on a dime, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how it mm-hmm. has been in the hospital. Too. It's like you go in, you know, they're constantly shifting and changing protocols based on, you know, the news that we're getting. And it's very quick. Like, so, for instance, I can give you an example. You know, when we first started going in, you just went into the hospital. There was no questions. Your temperature wasn't taken. So we had, you know, no one knew if we were carriers because there was no test, right, to, to right. Um, provide. And then we were taking care of patients that we had no idea if they had it or they were, you know, um, or were susceptible. Um, And so it was, you know, really charting a whole new course of how we're managing Mm -hmm. this. And then as information started to, and there was one day I was at the hospital and they were saying that masks were not important, not necessary. It set up more stress Mm -hmm. for other people seeing you in masks. So they said mm-hmm. you do not wear you do not need to wear a mask and then the yeah. next day I work and they're like masks are mandatory right so I'm like yeah. okay but yesterday I didn't wear a mask all day now you're telling me those mandatory and I'm going home to my family yeah. right after yeah. my shift is over so what is the risk what is my risk and what are, what's the risk of my family uh, am I giving to my family right so yeah. that was very unnerving and then <clears throat> then they changed the type of mask And so before they were saying the N95 mask wasn't important, not all of us had to wear it. And then they switched that. And I had been with a COVID patient. Um, I found out that one of my patients, her husband, had received a call while they were in the hospital that his test came back and he Mm -hmm. was COVID positive. And so I'd been around the family, you know, most of the day. And then at the end of the shift, I was told that the N95 mask was a requirement now, that it was mandatory. And they asked me if I wanted to start wearing the mask. And I said, I have 10 minutes left in my shift. What difference is Mm -hmm. it going to make? Like, I'm already exposed. But I just remember driving home that night thinking... No one asked me if I needed to get tested. You know, they just didn't have, they don't have the right protocol set up for healthcare providers. So it's just, it is unnerving. And I have to say, I do, it does not escape my mind. I think about it, but knock on wood, I'm healthy. I haven't no, no, exhibited, you know, zero symptoms. And I've always followed strict protocol when it came to coming from the hospital. I would always take my scrubs off. I kind of go in my laundry room, my mudroom entrance and, and throw everything right into the washing machine and then take a shower. So I'm one of those people that um, I've always done that. Um, so I'm hope- mm-hmm. I am hoping that that has protected my family and knock on wood, you know, we're all fine. There hasn't been any problems, but it does scare me. Like it's it's always in the back of my head. And, and I'm thinking yeah. like, do I need to get tested? And I
1: probably do. Mm-hmm. Well, thank Just you for see. being so open with that answer um we would certainly think that because the we I kind of think the nursing and the support um occupations are so yeah. sensitive and so in tune with their feelings hopefully um uh, that thank you I really appreciate that answer you're um you're welcome yeah now there's another area we'd like I'd like to look at before we finish our conversation today is, and that is the gender differences. Mm -hmm. I love that we are women and we are built with some real survival tactics inside of us. So would you address that? There really is a difference here, isn't there? The way that we both receive COVID-19.
2: Yeah. um, Even though women seem to be bearing more than anyone thought throughout the crisis, it seems women may, might have it, an easier time of it than men. And what we've looked at is coronavirus is killing more men than women. We know that. And the CDC study concluded that males may be disproportionately affected by COVID-19 compared to females. In fact, the study found that 54% of those hospitalized were male compared to only 46% female. Women in mm-hmm. fact have a better immune system. And may be managing the infection better because they have the innate ability to do so, which is very interesting. Mm. And yeah. it's important because women historically have been left out of clinical trials, which has led to poor health outcomes. But with the upcoming vaccine trial research, we should see if women report greater adverse events or side effects like fever, inflammation, pain at the injection site, more so than men. So we're going to be paying mm. attention to that. Um, based Mm -hmm. on what we've learned (laughs) from our history. Um, And it was interesting because uh, one of the first persons to raise their hand to say that I will be in a clinical trial after having COVID-19 was a female. So it was just, it'll Mm -hmm. be very interesting to see how this all um, kind of rolls out, the the clinical trials and um, how, you know, the research will be, um, if there's any greater adverse events our side effects on women more than men. But right now mm-hmm. we know that the coronavirus virus is killing more men than women.
1: Yes. We have a, a, a story, a just short story I want to share. Uh, very early in the COVID-19, um, spread. It, there was a couple, several couples, they went to Mexico for their, um, son's wedding while down there they were exposed. They came uh came home and both had the virus. She they both went into the hospital, but she remained in Tyler, which we are a medical area here, but she could be serviced here and medicated here, intended to. Her husband had heart issues, so he went to Dallas for um more I don't know why they transferred him to Dallas, but it was more serious. He needed, um, and I no, a breathing machine, which they needed. They had up there. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so I, he was not doing well. He was struggling. I do not know the end of that story, other than you know, two people exposed the. Certainly, the physical health made a difference, and I know so little about the case, but I it just kind of made me support your figures there when you were talking about male versus female right. um, um, surviving the. And I don't know that he didn't survive, but anyway. But it is kind of interesting that we we think we're the weaker, but in some ways we are the stronger sex and that we're able to do some of these things so just we're, you know, I'm amazed at the resilience of women and their can do <laughs> approach to life. I just love it. I love seeing women achieve. It's
2: supporting, yes, yeah, supporting each other and making sure, um, we are, I think we've always been resilient and, um, and the fact that, um, I think it's important for us to support to support each other. I think, from especially yeah. right now, with all the stressors, the additional stressors. I think we're always everyone's living under some sort of stress, but I think this has been um, even more stressful. And so, making sure that we're supporting each other during this, and making feel, making sure people realize that they're not the only one, you know, um, dealing with whether, you know, or problems with their children in homeschool, whatever it is, um, making sure that people share their stories so others understand that they're not alone um, mm-hmm. is, is going to be really important, too, because it helps us all get through it. It makes us not feel as isolated or feel like a failure, too. Um, so I think that, that's really important. And so that's why, you know, Healthy Women is here. We're here to remind you that you're not alone and that there are other women going through this and they're sharing their stories. We've put together a great resource. We have a great COVID-19 webpage um, to help you out and to navigate, you know, where to find out, find more information on it and understanding that your mental health is just as important as your physical health during this time too. So you're, yeah. again, you're not alone. There's great resources. Um, and we're here, um, for you during COVID and after COVID, we will be here um, holding your hand and making sure that you have access and resources to trusted, medically vetted information.
1: I agree. that Your website is just really a great find. I want everybody to go there. It's healthywomen.org. And just go through those different sites. There's a lot of information um you know, it's very important to be connected and have a resource like this. So I thank you for your work there. But there's one other area I want to sort of talk a little bit about, and that is the parenting. Particularly our high school seniors were particularly affected by the way that their lives They had this great expectation about an important part of their life and yet it didn't come off the way they had always dreamed. I mean, it happens to us in a lot of ways, but I found the sometimes parents were increasing the poor me, the, the, the frustration of that graduation ceremonies couldn't be as they had meant, you know, had dreamed of having. And so how does a, how, how does that have effect on our, our young people? And do we need to be cautious about explaining that so that they can understand it's not something just done to them? It just happened.
0: It did,
2: it did just happen and it's taken out an important chapter of their life. But I think these kids are going to become, you know, these kids are going to be amazing and I'm looking forward to seeing you know how they write their next chapter after going through mm-hmm. this type of um, pandemic at this at this juncture of their life, right? So, right. Um, one thing that we've done at Healthy Women is um, we put together a really good um, page on and interviewed an expert, um, Catherine Perlman, on how mm-hmm. to parent teens through the pandemic. So you can find that information at our site. But you know they, they've lost a friend. Their activities, as you said, social experiencing, you know, social experiences have taken an emotional toll on teens. So parents will definitely need to be a little bit more flexible in their standards. And with homeschooling and online learning, it is okay for both parents and teens to ask their schools for help. And the schools, I have to say, they're constantly stressing that with every, you know, um, with their weekly emails, you know, the notes that we're getting, you know, daily notes from our our teacher um, is always saying, I'm here. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to me, um, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, whether you need to or not, it's just so nice to see that and knowing that you can. Um, and for some parents, they may want to take them up. You know, they have the, they schools, a lot of the schools have counselors in place to help or hold your hand during this time, which I think is so important. And that, you know, as we mentioned and as you mentioned, you know, Texas, every state is going to start to reopen, um, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be up to all of us to figure out how we're going to keep our families safe, right? So making sure that we understand what the protocols are and that we're following those protocols. And what's very disturbing is to see some of the snippets on the news over the weekend of these people thinking that they can just go back to what you know the norm is is very <laughs> disturbing, so it's just making sure that we're smart um and that we you know we protect our families and as doors and and uh, you know things begin to reopen or that whole welcome back um, mm-hmm. it's gonna be different and um for us to make sure that we You know, stay safe and protect our families and do it in a smart way is going to be really important. So I think Mm -hmm. there are great tools and resources out there on how to help, um, you know, your kids adjust to this. Um, And, you know, it's not minimizing their feelings. It's understanding and listening to them because they are missing that chapter, um, a big chapter for, you know, for many of us, um, graduation. You know, celebrations getting into college and even, you know, who knows if colleges are going to open in September or August. You know, that's going to be, you know, way oh. to be seen, right? To see how that's going yeah. to, th- that's going to pan out for a lot of these kids. And, and I think what's been interesting is, um, seeing what's been created, um, to help celebrate. So we've been doing a lot of virtual birthday or like drive-bys. So decorating the <laughs> cars and, lining up, and I'm sure you've seen it in your area with the horns, and one little boy had, uh, there was a fire truck in his parade, and my little son came at the door and said, Mom, Blake's party was epic, like, he was so, and it's just so funny to see how excited they get, just to, you know, but I think it's so important, like, these little things just to see their friends, even if it's waving through the opening of the, you know, the sunroof in the car and blowing your whistle and stuff, it just makes their day a little bit different, and they get to see their friends and smile and still celebrate, but it's celebrating in a new way, and it's okay for right now. And that's what I I think I want to – I think if, you know, as we wrap up our show, it's just like it's okay. We will get through this, and knowing that you have friends and family that are there to support you and that you're not alone is important, and for those parents of teens – You're not alone either, and there's going to be special celebrations when this is over. Um, But right now, the virtual Zoom calls are important. The drive-bys and setting up, you know, things on your lawn that say congratulations and 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 celebrating in a different way is okay, and that's going to get you through this time. Um, And I tell all my new moms, like, this is still such such a special chapter and a special occasion, and you will celebrate with your friends and family in a few months. But right now. You still can celebrate this little birth of this baby, and you're just going to do it in a different way, and it's going to be just as important now as it will be in a few months. Yes, yes.
1: I I was taken back by I think it was a uh, a governor, maybe it, I think it was a governor that made light of the graduation exercise. Uh, graduation ceremony and he was saying saved all those, you've saved all those memories, those bad memories that you have to live with all your life. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was, (laughs) it wasn't very sensitive. (laughs) And I was, and we do need to, to, uh, take on and be empathetic, I think with those young people because that's a key point they think in life that's happened to them so far, you know, high school, graduating high school is a big deal. And although we are on the other side and we know there are lots of big deals, it's still very important for us to be empathetic to them, to understand and uh, be kind uh, because they need to know, yes, that it, that did happen. But there, as you said, there are lots to look forward to, and there, is. there are only going to be a few that are going to be able to talk about not having a graduation ceremony in twenty twenty. So right. they'll be unique, unique, won't they? <clears throat> they are
2: going to be unique, and I'm yeah, I'm excited. I think this kid, this group of children, this this group of kids, they're going to be game changers, and the fact that they were are able to deal with this. Um, in a, in a different, in in a new and different way, is going to make them, I think, even stronger um, as they pave their way into the future. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. It's going to be exciting to see what this class of 2020 does in the future.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Now, how can we stay connected to healthy women? Are there? What do you have ongoing for uh, well, we my do. listeners we're, to go to? We
2: Yes. No. Um, uh, June third, we're going to be having our uh, first. Um, Webinar, um, and we're going to oh. be hosting a series of webinars. So we'll make sure we get that information, but you can find it on healthywomen.org. And we're going to be talking okay. about um, – we're going to have conversations on what women want to know. Uh, so from COVID-19 to um, to living well, you name it, we're going to be talking about it on Healthy Women. So it's just going to be a new offering, um, and mm-hmm. it, it's going to be – it's women talk it's it's just talking to real women that are living with um, whether it's uh you know breast cancer or um, living through this the pandemic um, uh-huh. and that's going to be our first conversation is covid-19 um, and we're going to be evolving those conversations based on what our audience is telling us they'd like to hear um, about so it's really taking that our online polls and and our uh surveys and and Bringing that into a, a, a com- more of a conversation versus just a, you know some articles or blogs. So we're going to be hosting that. Our first one is going to be on uh, looking at COVID nineteen and its impact on women,
1: um, and that mm-hmm. will be hosted on Wednesday, June 3rd. Now, is that going? I'm sorry, you may have said this. Is that going to be a monthly activity? They, this- we're going to yes, we're going to look at a monthly webinar. Uh, to start
2: and it might be more frequent um but we our first one will be on June 3rd and then we're going to mm-hmm. have our annual event which is we normally we have an in-person event in Washington oh. and we normally host that in May this year we're going to have a virtual event because May was not such a good month to have <laughs> a in-person event right so we hit the yes. pause button and we're going to have a virtual event in September um and Uh, I want to say stay tuned because there's going to be some important announcements um, from that that event, and we will make sure that your audience has the invitation to attend, and it will be online.
1: Wonderful. Well, there's so many things. I really do encourage you listeners out there to go to healthywomen.org and just go over the website. There's ways to connect there's newsletters there. There's Correct. other printed materials. But, of course, the June 3rd will be fun because it's live. I would assume you're recording that for those people that yeah. missed the 3rd. Um, everything's recorded, right? <laughs> I think it is everything's <laughs> recorded these days to make sure it
2: fits into your day, right? Not the no. start right.
1: But I no. am so excited that we've had this golden opportunity to have you on Uh, Second Wind, Beth, it's just been really – I've gotten so excited about what you offer for the woman because that's who I'm serving is the woman. That's right. I want the woman of all ages, really. And so I appreciate your work. I really appreciate your foresight that you saw this was so important that Mm – so early in your life, you you established this and, and fought mm-hmm. for it to be a, um, a real thing. So thank you for being with us today. It has just been such a pleasure.
2: Thank you, Joyce. I, I loved it, and I look
1: forward to more conversations with you. And thank you for hosting such a great show. Oh, thank you. And yes, Beth and I have been talking about other shows with other people also on the staff so that we can talk about all different subjects to just bring this to you. So listen to us. We'll, we'll be telling you about those. So anyway, go to, uh, healthywomen.org. So thank you, Beth. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you very much. So, As we go on and we're coming to the close of our show today, I do hope that you have learned some good things about things that we need to be aware of. One thing we need to know is that we need to stay healthy to build up our immune system so that we can support our families and bring those qualities that We want to give to our families, being apathetic to the high school senior and all of that. So anyway, this is a great way for us to stay connected through Second Wind. I continue to offer great information to you. It's very important to me. But you can connect with me by going to JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or Second Wind with Joyce and leave a message. I really want to support you. Thank you for being here today. Go out this week, make a difference, and be loving to yourself. Thank you for being here.
0: At the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.